The world as you know it has ended. The worlds as you don't know them yet, they're waiting with open arms. This is the Durgans and Dargans podcast. Welcome to Durgans and Dargans. I'm your dungeon master, Ben. Joining me today is Aaron. Introduce your character, Aaron. Hey, I'm Aaron. I'll be playing Darren Buccaneer, the Minotaur Divine Soul Sorcerer. Also joining me today is Charles. I am Charles, and I'm playing Runal Cerny, PhD, Human Wizard. Is Runal also eating dinner while Charles is eating dinner? Runal did just sneak a bite of dinner and was thinking that <laughs> Matt was going to be next. So I'm going to take that again. My name is- uh, no, no, that's fine. That's brilliant. No, we'll we'll carry on like that. You were understandable. It was just a gotcha moment. Yeah, you got me. It wasn't goldfish. Anyway, though, Matt so. has his camera on. No, it wasn't goldfish. Um, I'm never going to leave that one down. It wasn't goldfish. No, no, you're not. Uh, also joining me today is Matt. Hello, I'm Matt. I'm playing Jet, the gnome fighter. We are a D&D podcast for the whole family. As long as your whole family is into intense, bloody adventures. We take Dungeons & Dragons seriously, but we're not about to teach your six-year-old any unfortunate vocabulary words. At this point in the podcast, we are on Spotify, we are on YouTube, so please, please, uh, subscribe, follow, smash that subscribe button, guys. No. Um, but honestly, just tell your friends about us. We'd love to have some listens. We'd love to grow the listenership. We'd love to, you know, hear from you guys. Uh, let me see here. I think we have an email address if you want to contact us. I think it's just dargansanddargans at gmail.com. All one word. Please feel free yeah, to complain. Yeah, so email us. Uh, yeah, we, we welcome all complaints, all comments, and all, I guess, all of everything at this point. We're not going to necessarily do like a... A mailbag thing where we read everything, because that might not be family friendly. But if you have a family friendly thing, maybe we'll maybe we'll give you a shout out. Sorry, like Ben. That. One more time. Where do I send my complaints? I just <laughs> want to try and write it down. Um, you know where you can send your complaints. We now have a call to action. I have, and I'll comment, like, and subscribe. I never thought I'd say those words. We haven't said those <laughs> words, and there's a reason we haven't said those words. We've just said it longer. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Some people say, why use few words, or what is it? Why use why use lot word when few words do trick? On the other hand, I say, why in God's name would you ever use fewer words when more words, which are, of course, the means to meaning, would accomplish the same thing? I was would have written you a longer, a shorter letter, but I didn't have the time. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, let's have a brief recap. You three survivors of Universe DLL-404 have been exploring the junk universe, Salvagian Moss, on a very typical adventuring quest for Professor Absentine, finding some onyx bricks, edible fungus, and copper gears. You were given the edible fungus by a kindly shambling mound for whom you removed the snakes that were poisoning his dreams. And last episode, you found the onyx bricks in a wizard's tower that you entered via a labyrinth and climbed through the peril of golden psychic objects that tried to twist your thoughts. Jet spent a while thinking that he was a king. That was pretty funny. Uh, You also ended up passing an indeterminate amount of time in the wizard's tower, which was a place in which time functioned differently. 
You're not sure how many days passed, but you did level up in the time that you were in there. You also picked up a crock of two hot soup and four rings of power walking, uh, which will allow you to traverse this universe and any other universe with immense speed, provided that you and all those wearing these rings are within 100 feet of each other. You are now waking up from your long rest in a giant urn, feeling refreshed and leveled up to level five. Ready to begin your search for the final items on your list, the copper gears. I hope us sleeping in an urn isn't foreshadowing for anything. Oh man, that would be really on the nose, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be. Anyway, uh, at this point, Darren, you get to see, or rather sort of see, your first official Salvagian Moss Sunrise. You see the sky from the left of you starting to lighten a little before everything else, and gradually the sky becomes more and more gray and less and less absolute black until eventually you're fairly certain the sun has risen and everything is just once again covered in slate gray clouds. Now, the faith aspect of my character is wondering... um, How on earth, you know, what does the sunrise mean, like, if I can't see it, and I can't, like, really understand if it's there or not? And what does that mean for his faith in Lathandar? Whereas the scientific aspect of the player is wondering, how can there be a sunrise in an infinite plane? Both great questions. Let's have Darren roll a wisdom saving throw. (laughs) See, the scientist of Bruno is making a note that here the sun rises in the left. Those are the technical terms, yes. The scientist in Jet never got out of bed. <laughs> um, so that's a 16, because I have a negative one to my wisdom saving throws. Uh, <laughs> okay, you do not have an existential crisis. These are still just questions that you want answers to. Okay. Sweet! Yay! I haven't tipped over the edge yet. Anyway, uh, once again, you guys can now go up, down, left, and right, knowing now that the sun rises to the left. So, gentlemen, shall we keep going in the same direction, or...? It's worked for us so far. Up and to the right, towards the sunset, I guess. So wait, we're just, we're looking for these gears, whatever it was? I tried to make some out of this urn, but (laughs) no shot. I appreciate the attempt. Is there any size or tooth count or ratios that we're looking specifically for? Yeah. As long as it qualifies as a gear, you think you're safe. Like, if it's just a, a copper cross or a five-point copper star, that's probably not a gear. But if it is vaguely circular and has eh, eight or more teeth, that's probably a gear. You realize you're asking three engineers to... To like vaguely describe a gear. Yeah, so like worm gears are out. That's fair. What is there a technical definition of a gear? What what qualifies as a gear? Well, I wouldn't know because my character doesn't know. <laughs> <laughs> if we That's find a great if we answer. find a copper differential, right? That technically <laughs> does that count as one gear or four gears? <laughs> if, if if I if you find. If I let you find a copper differential, that will be four gears. My better question is, how the heck do you remember that? Uh, it's been three years and all of it's gone, man. <laughs> and from my brain. I still remember something about gears. It's been a minute, though. Come on, fellas. Let's walk and talk. I got a, I got a question for you. 
Yes. Look, you got you you both know I'm not the brightest fellow. I'm gonna put that you put that out there. But you know, back when home or whatever our home was, I don't even know. I you know I did stuff and didn't always think about it. But like sometimes I did really think about like why we're doing stuff. It was usually like because we didn't like whoever was in power, who's in charge or whatever, and didn't like what they were doing. So let's just mess them up, right? Why are we even doing what what we're doing? Like, what what the heck is he gonna use the gears for? A bunch of moss, bricks made out of whatever that black material stuff was. Why does this guy even want this stuff? Well, let me ask you this, Chad. What else do you want to do? Our world is destroyed. We have nothing in the multiverse, apparently, left to our name. The, the professor is the only person that we know in the entire many existences. Does, what else are we going to do if, if not try and build a life for ourselves here? And if we you know, help out people along the way, like the professor, I don't, I don't see... I can't think of what I would be doing instead of this. Plus, this is only our first mission. If it is really that terrible, or whatever, you know, we can burn that bridge when we get to it. But I don't, I don't know what else I would be doing. Um. Well, right now, since I think he's the only person that's not actively seeking our uh, erasure, I'm gonna help him out until he, uh, yeah, that proves untrustworthy or. Uh, does something I can't abide. So for now, I guess I'm just surviving. Yeah. <laughs> that tower thing really did a number on me. Yeah. I guess we're just do what we need to do to get our money and then move on, I guess. And it's weird. Yeah. It's hard to imagine all of existence just out and vanishing. I served a deity. I don't even know if he's out there yet. It's not like my power is tied to him like a cleric. This is mine now. But I have no idea where he is. That's why I was looking for the sunrise. It was a, a sign of his, so I don't, I don't even know if there's a sunrise again. So, where does that leave him? Where does that leave me? Baron, don't forget, we also did find junk from our universe that should, in theory, no longer exist. So maybe it's not all gone. It's true. Someone's behind this. Someone's done something. And I think uh, I'd like to have a word with him at some point. Figure out why. Wait a minute. When we came in here, snuck down, snuck, we snuck in. There was that huge cannon thing that like launched all the trash out everywhere. Yes. And if they, but like that's ruin all that stuff that you found. That was like in a cave. How, how in the world did you get there? I have no idea, but I think the more we explore, the more clues we're going to find. My only thought there is that perhaps someone is uh, trying to hide something. In the trash universe? Best place to hide something. Yeah, I guess. Well, what a wonderful place to, what do they say, find ourselves? In the <laughs> universe's trash. Well, also just as another point of order, I think that is all the more reason to trust the professor for now if he's the one who's hiding things from us in the junk universe while he sent us here to begin with that's a good point Here, I, I, I doubt he thought us stupid enough that we 
wouldn't be asking questions. At least not all of us. Hey, I resemble that remark. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Man, as as a as a dungeon master, I love it when great inter player RP happens. Slow down just for a minute and just let organically. it happen. Brings it brings a tear to my eye. All right, so which I pigeons can we kill now? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did you say which pigeons? Actually, well, as you guys are walking and talking, you are only vaguely paying attention to. This is this is a deep conversation. So you're only vaguely paying attention to the world around you, but you are uh, just coming out of a a fairly deep valley of trash, and you hear a strange, almost vibrating roar, and a giant crash, and a few smaller sounding shouts that seem to be coming from people uh, a little off to your right and as you crest the top of that hill as you crest the top of that hill you see everything I'm about to show you in roll 20 you see ahead of you several small hills made entirely out of trash and they seem to be made out of farming equipment there's carts and plows and seemingly pieces of barns a crashed silo and in this longer valley of trash with hills all around it you see a gigantic worm you remember the guide telling you something about trash worms this is 50 feet long and about four feet wide its tail ends in many rusty looking barbs and its head is a giant ring of black shining eyes surrounding a mouth not of teeth but of long, thin strands that seem to whip around in a frenzy of their own volition. As you watch, three uh, blue-skinned people, hunters by their dress and by their spears and by their bows, throws a spear at the worm, and the worm turns its mouth to catch it, and the tendrils in its mouth wrap themselves around the spear with lightning speed and suck it deep into its belly. You see that there are three of these hunters, one of them just through the spear, and it is looking down one of the hills at the worm, and another of them is tending to a third member of their party that seems to be very grievously wounded. What do you guys do? Well, I know enough to to know when I'm out, when we might be outmatched. I was about to say, I was about to help. Well, yeah, let's do what we can to try and help, help those folks where they get eaten, or we do. Sounds like a plan. Um, I start running down the hill and start leaping into action. All right, everybody roll initiative. Okay, cool. Uh, 16. All right. 12. 18 for reroll. The hunters rolled really poorly. They rolled an 8. All right. Runel, you go first. What do we do? So is the plan for us to fight these hunters right off the bat? I was going to go for the worm but uh, if you want to fight the hunters I don't want to uh, fight anybody <laughs> uh, fair enough um, I think I'd rather fight some hunters who are clearly getting whooped by this worm after I whoop this worm yeah I think someone I... roll a quick history check or all three of you roll a quick history check 
I'm not good at history. It's a 19 for Runel. That is a 19 as well. Cool. All right, you both remember that the guidebook talked about the Salvagian nomads. And what did it say about them? And it said they were noble. They were traitors. That they were they were the noble Salvagian nomads, and they had I can't remember if I said blue or gray skin. Maybe gray skin. These guys have gray skin. You said. No, I mean back, way back when I wrote it in the guidebook. You said. Oh, it was a few seconds ago, so you said blue. Yeah, so we're going to retcon that. They have blue gray skin. Gray. We'll say it's a bluish gray. Yeah, exactly. Um, you remember that the guidebook talked about the noble Salvagian nomads looking kind of like these guys. Um, they have no noses. And were they... They weren't attacking the worm, were they? They were feeding it? Um, one of them threw a spear at it in a very aggressive way, and it ate the spear. Oh... Uh, Okay. And how far are they from the worm? Uh, the worm is right now only about 10, 15 feet away from them. And is the worm stretched out? Is it plumped up in a ball? Uh, the worm is kind of half in and half out of the garbage, kind of looking like a sea serpent under the waves. Okay. Um, so, my assumption is that if someone were to, say, cast a spell that would affect a 20-foot radius, it could be done in a way that would only affect the worm. That is absolutely correct. Well, then Runel's gonna... <clears throat> while we were snooping in the tower, Runel learned a new spell. Uh, he's gonna cast Fireball. Whoa! The first one of the campaign, guys. I cast Fireball. And it makes a deck save? Yep, so a bright streak is gonna flash out of my wand. Um, every creature in a 20-foot radius sphere must make a dex save throw. A 12 doesn't pass, does it? It sure as heck do not. All right. So how much damage does this trash worm take? Well, a lot of D6s that all are showing very low numbers. He's going to take 20 fire damage. All right. It takes 20 fire damage? And honestly, it reels back and looks like it was really hurt. Uh, you get the idea that this thing is not particularly chock full of HP. This might not be driving it off. This might be defeating it. Oh. What uh, kind of reaction do we get from the nomads? Uh, they look over at you and they, well, it's a long ways away, but they don't make any aggressive moves towards you, so you. but you can't see their faces very well to see what their immediate reactions are. Like you're not reading expressions from this distance. Yeah. All right, well, that will end my turn. I am going to cast Guiding Bolt at this creature. That's a Darren favorite. It is, and I'm going to try and cast this at level three, and I'm going to hope, beyond hope, that I'm not a pouty cow again this episode. <laughs> Does a dirty 20 hit. Oh, yes, it does. Sweet. Good to know. I'm casting this at third level, so that is 66. Yo! That is 5, 10, 13, 16, 19, 20. 20 again. It lights up. This thing... This thing's... I'm not going to throw out there, like, stats and things like that. You guys have heard it. You guys aren't talking about just walking away unscathed here, maybe. But you are, you have been doing damage to this thing. It's not shrugging this off. 
but now it's the worm's turn. Wait a minute, is this a gum? Is this a gummy worm? I mean, the the icon is a gummy worm, but no, this is a giant gray metallic-looking worm. Oh. But if we were to describe its disposition, it seems like it's a little gummy, to be honest. A little, a little, a little softy, yeah. I knew I was going to get in trouble choosing this icon. I knew it. That it was going to lose all gravitas from this situation. This giant, terrifying (laughs) worm is now going to come and attack you. And it does so in the terrifying way of diving beneath the surface of the trash and emerging immediately next to all of you. All of you who did not... It is very much a tremor situation. This thing emerges... What flavor is it? Hmm, uh, I'm getting strawberry. <laughs> oh, hints of uh, hints of metal in there. Ugh. Says the man Copper? who licks his knives. Who's in the lift drinking when you just ask that question? Oh gosh. <laughs> Could use more rust flavor though. <laughs> so the worm emerges from the trash and rears its head up high, craning down over all of you, and from its mouth use out a wave of trash that is going to cover all three of you. Out from this mouth comes uh, farming implements, like kind of like the kinds you see around you. Out from its mouth come bricks and rocks and wood and swords that are broken and all sorts of things. I need everyone to make dexterity saving throws. So it's a, it's a, it's a trash dragon. Yeah, kind of. It's a fort. 14 for real. Dexterity saving throw. Yeah, 18. The two of you that saved take 12 bludgeoning damage. Runal, you take 24. I'm sorry, we we say we we were saved with an 18? You saved with an 18. Oh we better kill this thing quick. Are we like are we just like smacked or are we just you want to, Yeah, trash? you know what? Um if you saved then you are still standing. Runel, you are now prone. Oh, awesome. he's covered in garbage. Yeah. Cool. That was a fun... Glad I got my fireball in. Uh, oh, now I'm, now I'm imagining like when in Toy Story 3 when they're like in the garbage dump and like they're just covered. They're about to like fall into the fire. Oh, I wasn't going there, but yeah. Well, he just blew up half of it, so yeah, it's almost like we're going to the incinerator, but trash first, then fire. Yeah, I mean, Brunel's going to the incinerator. It's got eight hit points left. Oh, right, I keep forgetting that you're a wizard. It's, it definitely didn't help that none of you took precautions against area of effect spells. Just saying. Anyway, Jed, it's your turn. Okay, so is it? So he's definitely right on top of us, right? Uh, it is right on top of you. Okay, I'm going to. Um, do we have any? I don't even know if we have any healing potions. Do Do we have anything? I thought we still had some healing stuff. I mean, I still have some healing spells. We uh, definitely had healing potions. Oh, uh, we got uh, what is the mushroom? Something that's. We had moss. Uh, you had the you had the good it's moss, and that turned what was it? Potions of greater healing. That it turned your water ca- water bottles into? Yeah, but that uh, that's not instantly, right? It is instantly. Yeah, can we already all do that? Um, yeah, you guys you guys stuffed it into your water bottles. So your water bottles right now are potions of greater healing. Oh, great! Then I'm going to 
I'm gonna do, do my best to try and pull Runel out. Is he like if he's stuck? Uh, he's not stuck. He's just prone. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. Um. This is. Um. Uh, oh, now I gotta think. Um. What would Jet do? Best defense is a good offense, so he's um avoided getting smashed on by all this by all this junk. Is gonna find like a some sort of like big piece of metal rebar like a sign or something or something other broken thing and then and something hammer looking like and then pick it up and like try to smash it against the armor of the of the worm with, with a melee you run up to the worm and i will say that you find you find a big piece of rebar with some concrete attached to the end of it and this thing is like a gigantic mace uh do me a favor, make an athletics check. So, like, yeah. pull it out? But can I make it go big before yes, I do please. that? Yes, please. And you just, just, the Mario, the Mario Sam do little it as it becomes giant. Then it has advantage on that check. Natural you 20. grab... Plus 10 for a total of 30. You grab this <laughs> piece 10? of rebar and swing it like the hammer of Thor himself. Make an attack roll against this worm. Uh, well, I'm proficient with improvised weapons, so that's gonna be. Um, um, ooh, I pulled the shirt, pulled it out. Great, didn't I? That's a two plus proficiency plus strength would make it a nine. You swing this gigantic mace at it, but it whips around and eats it and you barely snatch your hand back as the mouth comes over this concrete and the tendrils bring it in and tear the concrete to pieces. See, you said it eats it. I got <laughs> I wasn't using the street term, oh yeah, man, he ate it. No, he, 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 he physically Yeah, like ate before, it. With, when one of us eats concrete, that is a bad day. This is a giant trash yeah, you would eat it. Yeah, exactly. You tr- if you tried to snack on concrete, yeah. probably. you break it. Yeah, no. Um, this thing just ate concrete like it was lunch. But... Oh, oh yeah, well, I got more from that came from. I'm a level five fighter, okay. so I got an extra attack. I can attack. I'm gonna Make attack another again. attack. This time, I'm like, all right, you want, want some of that? I'm going to grab whatever the, I guess, shards of broken glass... Uh, and try and try to claw my way in into the armor to try and pierce. Okay, we'll say that you find a you're you're giant now. I mean, which is for you still only like eight feet tall, but you find <laughs> a plow that is still sharp enough to push through dirt and rocks and things like that. Because this is all farming equipment, right? You find this plow and you try to attack the worm with it by wedging it in between its scales. Make an attack roll, please. That's the same number. Ugh. Do you need new, do you need separate dice? I've got a whole bunch of them. No, the dice are talking. This is, I'm like throwing garbage at this. This thing is this thing yeah, lives you, in the garbage. You don't get the right angle. This is not a colossal failure, but you don't get the right angle to pierce underneath the scales and and it blinks off of the armor. All right, now it is the Nomad's turn. Oh, no. No, 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 no. Action surge. All right. 
Oh, you're not getting no right. What's up? Two more attacks. I forgot Go you're level five. Ahead. Jet is all right. We tried clever solutions. It's just time for brute strength. And he's just going to use his giant bare hands to just claw away and rip the armor off with his bare hands. Okay. That unarmed strength against metal. Okay. That is a 17 and a 24. You hit strikes. both times. We'll make it one big attack. Here's what you do. Using your years as a street brawler, you know how to punch something really hard. You punch one scale, and then as it kind of gives a little bit, the scale next to it has a gap. And you reach in and you put your hands in that gap. You are now holding onto this scale with one hand, and then both hands, and you make a colossal heave to try to tear it away. Roll your damage. Well, that's going to be 1d plus 4 twice. 19 bludgeoning damage. You tear the scale off. There is now a hole in the side of the armor of this worm, and it roars in pain as you tear that scale away. Oh, as soon as I do, going all out. I activate my fire. Oh, yes, I love that. What do we see under the you scale? You see some flesh. The scales seem to be mostly an armor. And there is a flesh that, because the scale was ripped out, is now oozing a green-gray fluid. Well, that flesh is getting burnt up because this is, it immediately takes 2d6 fire damage. No action, no nothing. It just happens nice. on my hit. Okay, not bad. Five fire damage. And then he has to make a strength okay. saving throw. It is pretty strong. I won't kid you. Yeah, yeah. I think a 26 passes. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think so, but... A little bit of fire. That's the enemy. Now the nomads go. The one nomad that threw its spear before is going to race closer up to a neighboring trash hill, pull out a longbow, and try to fire at this worm. Ooh win for the nomads he gets a dirty 20 and does 8 damage by sinking his arrow in between two of the scales the other nomad kneeling next to the wounded one seems to be pouring a potion down his lips and that's their turn back around to the top of the order Runel what's going on don't die well I have a plan to save you here's what's going through his head he knows that human blood knows that Mr. Spock his blood was green because of the copper content this worm has green blood so he thinks we might definitely be getting close to defending some high copper can you explain who in universe DLL 404 Mr. Spock is? well it's also just hallucinations because he's only down to 8 hit points left so he, it is a, a pointy-eared creature of his own imagination. Mm, that's fair. You, did you, this Mr. Did Spock, you eat some bad roddenberries? No, but this Mr. Spock, in his imagination, is not only a scientist; he also writes books on childcare. <laughs> does, does he have? Does he have books of poetry and albums of sketchy photographs? Did he do a song about a hobbit? <laughs> <laughs> Yep. 
<laughs> oh man. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. All right. All right, Runel. What are you doing? Runel is going to cast haste on himself. Ooh. Okay. Um, <clears throat> this will uh, double my speed. Give me a plus two to AC. Give me advantage on dexterity saving throws. And I get an additional action on each one of my turns. Uh, but the action can only be used to attack, dash, disengage, hide, or use an object. Clever. Uh, when the spell Clever. ends, after a minute, I cannot move or take actions until after my next turn as a way of leverage sweet So I am going to cast haste on myself. Um, and that does give me another action uh, this round, which I'm going to use. Are, am I technically within combat range of the? No. Would he get an opportunity? No, it would that? not. I'm going to dash as far away as possible, just to try and get away from the uh, away from the okay. fray. All right, you do have advantage on this check, but clambering over all of this farm equipment, I'm going to need you to make a dexterity check just to see if you trip over anything <laughs> as you sprint. Oh, I have advantage, Yes, right? you do. Um, Is it that's true. It does say advantage on dexterity saving throws. Oh. Is this a saving throw? I am a generous DM. Yes, it's a saving throw. Well, the first time I rolled a five, the second time I rolled a ten. Like total so, bonuses and all? Eight plus it two. It wasn't a hard DC. You're fine. Ten, ten passes by the skin of your teeth, but it passes. All right, well, that's going to end it for All right, then, Darren, what are we doing? I'm going to move 30 feet to be in between um, Jet and Runel, and then I'm going to cast aid at third level to give everyone ten hit points and ten points of healing. So that loses up my uh, second, third level spell slot. However, I'm going to use Quicken Spell, one of my sorcery point abilities, to then cast Acid Splash, which is a 60 foot range. And I'm going to cast that, since I now have, well, actually no, it just increases at fifth level. I'm going to cast Acid Splash at the open scale. Man, you guys know it's really, really funny. This thing has a pretty crazy dex. But it's been rolling really bad on its deck saves. So a 10 doesn't pass, right? No, it's not. It has to pass. So how saves. much acid Sweet. damage um, does it take? Well, the fun thing is, at 5th level, it takes 2d6. Okay. And that's 12. That's max wow. damage. Oh, wait. Technically, Jet was in a 5-foot radius of the wound. Oh, yeah. He was right up against it. Thanks. So he technically also has to make a dexterity save. All right, Jet, make that dex save. <laughs> You'll just take half. Uh, 14. Uh, 15. Then, yeah, you take half, so you take... Like, However, six. this worm takes 24 damage because you hit it in its exposed flesh underneath its armor. So, Jet, you get a little splash of it on you. This worm gets hurt bad. All right, but now it is the worm's turn. This worm is going to whip around and make an opposed athletics check, we'll say, to try to rip Jet off of it. Does a 24 
beat your roll? Let's find out. That's total of 20. All right, this thing shakes you off, whips around, and comes down with its mouth directly at you. I, I scowl. A 20 hits your armor <laughs> class, right? Oh, yeah. You take... You take 17 points of slashing damage from these tendrils, and you are now in its mouth. Yeah, come here, you little... This thing is fixing to swallow you next turn. Oh, very much look forward to the opening of Guardians of the Galaxy 2. <laughs> Dude, you know that skin is just as thick from the inside as it is the outside. Guys, I Can don't I have the rights to Mr. Blue Sky, but if I did, we'd be playing it now. <laughs> In my defense, being swallowed by giant worms is older even than Frank Herbert and Dune. All right, so Jet, you're in a predicament. What are you going to do about it? Okay, um, does it, how am I, am I just like being squished by Actually, come by to think about mouth? it. You you are filling its mouth pretty significantly. It's only about four feet wide, and you're big right now. So it's trying to choke you down, kind of like a snake swallowing a large animal. Um, so it's got its mouth around you, like over top of your head. And I will let you make a dexterity saving throw to see if you have either of your arms free. Okay. Am I restrained or something like that? Or some other condition? I'm gonna give you the deck save to see if you are completely restrained. Okay, deck save. Ooh, seven. With the seven, it means you are restrained. It's got both of your arms. So you can try to make a dexterity or an acrobatics check or an athletics check to see if you can get out of this thing's mouth. Okay, so I'm just, I'm just uh, going it over again. Restrained means can't move besides the fact I'm being swallowed. Uh, it's attack rolls against attack rolls against me. I have advantage. My attack rolls have disadvantage. I have disadvantage on deck saves. Oh wait a second! You totally forgot. Guiding bolt gives advantage on the next attack at the end of my turn. So, well, it's it's over now. Oh yeah, we I keep just, forgetting that one. I'll remind oh, you. Oh, I actually time I did. Can. That was um. Yeah, I actually remember that was that was how the nomad hit him. In continuing stuff we're going to cut out, I forgot that I can add um, 46 damage to m- one of my attacks every turn because Oops. I'm giant, so well. Yeah, and I actually forgot that I have 70 extra hit points, and then I can make four attacks per <laughs> turn. I just remembered. <laughs> I totally saw that coming. Right. Carrying along. Okay, so Jerry's restrained by this thing. He's going to... Um, Wait, did you say you uh, would you ask me for a check, or were you asking me? So you are restrained by this thing. You can make an athletics check to try to get out. A contested athletics check. Oh, let's do let's do that. <laughs> okay, advantage. Okay, that's better. Total of twenty-one. Drag, just let me out of here. Twenty-one does beat a nineteen. Yeah. You are able to get your fingertips around the outside of its mouth. And in a Herculean effort, you pull it up and around you like you're, I I don't even know, similes, finding the right simile is like, 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 
Anyway. <laughs> finding the right simile <laughs> is like finding the right metal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway. Anyway. You you pull this thing off you. Uh, you will take another six slashing damage as the tendrils kind of whip around you as it comes off. But you are now not actively being swallowed by this thing. It's like, it's like his legs is holding off and he's, and he's just like gripping the mouse. It was just like, oh no, you don't like, like imagine like a Conan the Barbarian, like like holding the, ma- the, 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 the mouth of the crocodile open. Yes. <laughs> we will say that you are currently wedging your arms holding this thing's mouth open. Now it's the nomad's turn. The nomads are going to cautiously start to approach this thing. That third one is back up on his feet again. He's not unsteady, but he is determined to get back into the fray. They approach by about 30 feet, and they all draw their longbows. Two of them hit for a total of 17 damage. More of this greenish-gray blood comes spewing out of it from the scales that their arrows pierce. Back around to the top of the order, it's Runel. What's up, man? Oh, boy. Um, can I still see the exposed fleshy part of the I'll say yes. I am going to cast Ice Knife at that fleshy part of the world. Nice. All right. And I'm going to cast it at... Second. Okay. So I am making a ranged spell attack, and on a hit, they're gonna take one d10 piercing damage. All right, make an attack roll. It is going to be easier to hit this thing in general than it is to hit that little exposed flesh. Yeah. Either way, I'm assuming a crit miss does not. Jet, make a dexterity saving throw. Oh, what's that? Wait. I'm oh no, mouth, you're kind of right? near its mouth. But with a critical miss, Runel kind of went a little wide. So oh. we're going to need you to make a deck saving throw. It won't be too high of a DC. Oh, yeah, you, you dodge out of the way. Uh, but Runel definitely almost just hit you with an ice knife. Hey, I'm working here. <laughs> Good to know Jet is just a no <laughs> That's something I definitely know about as a not New York. <laughs> I'm sorry, New York. New York, we love you. So, Don't hurt us. I do have another uh, action that I can use. Yeah, yeah. So what I, what I can do, and also I realized I didn't actually dash last turn. Um, I moved 60 feet, but that is my movement right now because I stumbled. Um so I'm actually going to take the dash action and go behind the nomads, and I'm going to go 120. Okay. They say discretion is the better part of valor. <laughs> yeah, and what, what was it Jet said? Uh, the best, uh, the best offense is a good defense. I'm running. That's away. definitely what he said. Yeah, something like that, right? The best, the best. I said the exact opposite. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so I just getting inside people's heads real quick. So Jet, you just watched your friend, one of the three surviving people from your universe, fire an ice knife almost at you and run away. How are you feeling? I think he's a bit of a, a bleep 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 bleep. 
But you know, he he did he did his job. <laughs> me, me, meanwhile, ah, get off uh, me. yeah, in in the boring universe, bleep is basically the worst thing someone can be. It's it's being a yeah. bleep or a bleeping bleep is just just really awful. It's it's, yeah. it's hard. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Jet Jet needs his his mouth wiped wiped out with soap. But that's kind of hard when you're in the trash. Yeah. Oh, you're all gonna need a lot of soap after this one. I'm sure there's someone who dumped a bunch of soap here. We just have. Yeah. The next quest: finding a trash trove of soap. All right, Darren, it's your turn. Alrighty then. Guiding bolt level two. Here we go. <laughs> I have one attack and it's all I use. Does a 17 yes, it does. That is 6, 12, 15, 17, 19 damage with guiding bolts. Whoa. Uh, so another, yeah, 19 with guiding bolts and the next attack. So not, actually not the next attack. Oh yeah, the next attack roll made against the target before the end of my next turn has advantage. Because the next attack, whatever it is, whoever does it, has Jet, advantage. On that this attack. thing looks really hurt. It's starting to writhe around in ways that don't seem voluntary. What are you going to do now? It doesn't matter because at first, it's the worm's turn. <laughs> <laughs> All of that unnecessary melodrama. The worm is going to dive down under the trash with me and its this mouth? This thing is having its mouth held open at about ground level by you. It's going to retreat, dive under the garbage to go who knows where, but that gives you an opportunity attack. Gotcha. Uh, that's that's very low. Fine, very low. 14. That does not hit. Oh, no, that does not hit. Yeah. It pops up almost immediately and attacks you, Darren. Please make a dexterity saving throw Yay. as it spews a whole bunch of trash at you. Oh, dexterity. Oh, I don't even get a choice. Okay. That's a nat All right. 20. Um, that is a nat Yay. 20 with a plus two, so that's a 20. So you take half of 18 damage. You take nine damage. I'm down to half health now. Jet, right. now it's your turn. It's wounded. Everybody's wounded. What can you do to try to end this? Jet doesn't like to leave things unfinished. So he's just going to shake himself and get himself hyped up and use second wind to gain back some HP. Then, uh, how far away you, did the 20, worm get away from 25 me? Feet. Oh yeah, Jet's going to go go on a running start and try, and, and try and see if he can see another... Find another piece, piece of like concrete or other thing to try and get ready to bludgeon this thing. You can grab whatever you can find, run, run up and just smash it against against that exposed hide of flesh All and right. find it. I'm going to have you make two checks. First, make an athletics check, which I know you get advantage on, to grab another concrete chunk. Yeah, Brilliant. 25. You now have this piece of concrete hanging by a length of chain this time in your hand. Make an attack roll. Oof. If chains don't, aren't that great. 14. Sorry, 14 does not hit. This concrete smashes against the sides of this gigantic trash worm. You swing hard, and you actually knock it to the side, so it 
falls and tumbles a few feet away from Darren. But it does not take damage from it. It just moves. I have Go two ahead. attacks. Attack again. Do I have enough movement to like get over to yes. his head? I want to. I want to run up, run up to his head and do, try and whatever you can say is like trying to snap the neck of this giant thing. But dig my hand, my hands underneath the armor and try and try and rip and tear it All as right. much as I can. Make your this attack roll thing. and we'll see how this plays out. Uh, 16. 16 hits. Nice. Okay, 11 bludgeoning damage. Oh, and then I'm big, so I get to add a little bit of 1d6. 4. Um, 15 bludgeoning You damage. get your hands under its eyes, and you rip four of its black beady eyes out that ring around its mouth. These eyes fall out, and gray-green blood spews everywhere, it is hurting so very badly. It is on death's door. And now, the hunters are going to see if they can finish what they started out to do. Two of them hit, and one of those hits is a crit. What can I say? One of the hunters sinks a long, gleaming, strangely gleaming arrow deep through that hole in its armor. It buries deep into the worm. The worm throws itself. It sails through the air in its death throes and crashes to the ground, very dead. Woo! We did it! Oh, I thought he stopped green look good on me. He's just dripping. Let's get you a bath. The hunters cluster around the worm and seem to be acting just a little defensively around it, but the tallest one of them looks over at you and says, you, you have our thanks. You have helped us to defeat the Great Worm. We will share... Also, Brutal did... Brutal dashes back to people, but... Ah, uh, he just like... <laughs> but then, the spell, Brutal, as soon as the spell wears off, boy. I have, like, That's back. fair. I'm assuming we've all had a long day. Feel free to let out those yawns you've been keeping in. Uh... The tallest member of this hunting party says, You have helped us to kill the Great Warp. We will share with you the spoils. We will not take all for ourselves. You have been most kind. Spasiba, thank you. I, uh, I don't know how much spoils we're looking for out of, um, out of him, per se, but, um, he wouldn't happen to have any Copper gears lined up. Copper gears, very valuable. But I have some copper gears. In fact, we found some just here. And he, he goes a few yards off behind one of the hills and, uh, and pulls out a piece of farming equipment in which is a copper differential Hey-o. with four gears on it. <laughs> 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 it was right there. Uh, I mean, they they had it. Like they they, you know, they gave it to you. It was it was part of their spoils. Since apparently copper well, gears are very valuable or, in this universe. Die, so I, I I'm actually seeking one more thing. If I may uh, ask your help, nomads. I I'm searching. I I noticed something uh, in our travels, and I'm I'm looking for more of of the same 
uh, have you seen this? And I, I, on a piece of parchment, I draw the Hadaway family crest and ask them if they've seen this symbol anywhere around the junkie. They look at it very carefully and say, we have not seen this, but you are now friends and we will keep eye out for this. We will look for you for gratitude. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, in the future, if you do find something, is there a way you could... Um, we're not going to be here terribly much longer. So if there's a way you... If you found more of this, you could communicate it to us. Uh, what would be the best way to um, reach It is difficult to reach us. We do not wish to be reached. However, should you come back to this universe and look for us from this place you go to, we will talk. It's great gift to be talking to Salvagian nomads. Good but to know. now, now, friends, we will have warm feast. So you, you have done great good. You rest. We will have the party of the butchering, and we will take the worm into its meat. I think we'd prefer some copper gears, but how? Um, oh, if, the if warm meat is great, great honor, great, great delicacy. We are young hearting party. This is first warm. When you eat first of the meat of the warm, your eye will be opened in your mind to understand life in deeper way to understand different walks of different people it will be good but it must be prepared very carefully is like if you do right is magical if you do wrong is dead so if you give us time we will prepare the worm to be eaten and you may take some of the worm with you I look at Jet and Rudol, and I'm just like, I, I don't know about I mean, this. I know about I'm, this. I'm a vegetarian, so uh, I, I don't know made about my this. decision. <laughs> I forgot. Jed has just been like, he, he's just like vibing with this guy. He just like hears me sound like, yeah, yeah, like get to know people, like, like get to learn, understand other people. Yeah, I mean, we were all here, guys, and he's he's just totally into it. He's like, he's like, he's like yeah, just give give me some. I'll rip, rip and tear right open. I've eaten a lot of things. The nomad looks at you, Runel, and says, "You are vegetarian. What we- we- vegetarian? You uh, you will not eat the worm. Well, we must <laughs> we must give you some gift then, because the worm, the meat of the worm, is great, great gift. Ah." Uh, so you will have he like kind of hunts around in his pack for a little while and he pulls out a scroll and it's a scroll of fireball Whoa. yeah okay. so this gives you one extra fireball to cast mm-hmm. at will can you technically use a scroll as a bonus yep. action yeah mm-hmm. yikes thank you I accept can I have one of those no I'm kidding alright you guys get to take yeah, that's great. I definitely want worm. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Can you even read the scroll, Jet? No, but that's the point. <laughs> uh, so the the um, the leader who introduces himself as Trilvik. I am Trilvik, 
and this is my brother Shaltu, and this this is Carl. Carl does not speak. And Shaltu says, "Hello, I am I am Shaltu. It's nice to meet you. Thank you for the help in the killing of the worm." And they start having at this worm. I was kind of hoping Carl would say, and I am Carl. No, he doesn't say anything. (laughs) Um, But Carl starts uh, really butchering. You can tell that Carl is the the butcher of the party. They start picking this worm to pieces with a uh, curved sort of knife that gets underneath the scales. And they start carving bits and pieces of it away in a very delicate pattern until they get to different colored meat. Most of the meat is this greenish gray, the same color as its blood, but some parts of it are a very vibrant red. And they carefully cut away all the greenish gray bits until it leaves this violent red. Carl walks over to you with with a bit of greenish gray meat and gestures at you with it. And Trilvik says, no, 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 Carl, Carl, that kills people, Carl. Uh, we no do this. <laughs> ah! I saw it coming. Better not get copyright struck. <laughs> I saw it Carl throws the meat away. <laughs> Is one of them named Paul? No. Uh, none of them are wearing hats. None of them are llamas. It's a Legion moss. Carl kills you. Uh, anyway, they do this, and then they, once they have gathered a significant portion of this vibrant red meat, they light a fire, they roast the meat, and then, with a bright light in their eyes, as they are very excited, they gesture over and say, Come, come, share with us the meat of the warm, and we together will be the worm killers. Alright, guys, yeah, I definitely sure I want this. As he just uneasily walks over and lets it happen. Chip, didn't you eat a rock like two episodes ago? Uh, uh, oh, well, well, this is neither here nor there. Come on. This is a new episode. Don't worry about it. Alright. I wake up in the morning and just the, the past doesn't exist? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, I, I also follow him like, uh, uh alright, let's uh let's try this. You both bite into this worm meat and for a brief minute, but it seems to last for hours and hours and hours, you live someone else's life for just a bit. Jet, all of a sudden you're in a university. You're you're a wizard. You have deep thoughts you have (laughs) you have intellect you have know-how and you come snapping back to reality but a tiny little bit of all of that life that you just lived sticks with you once a day you may now cast shocking grasp you remember a little bit being a wizard yo what Yo, what? Little nosebleed comes out. I can see everything. And I shock myself. Ow! Darren, you have always been a person of faith and religious belief. But you were never a man of the cloth. In this life, you were. In this life, you were a member of a holy order 
that took deep, deep vows and lived high atop a mountain. You learned secret rites, and you learned many, many deep things. It was still the God of Light, but you learned to call him by a different name. And as you come snapping back to this reality, you remember a little bit of your holy teaching. You can now cast once a day, Word of Radiance. What level is that? It's a cantrip. They're both cantrips. But once a day, as a bonus action, each of you can cast these spells. What do you guys tell Runel about this experience, who's sitting off to the side and eating what? This salad that I brought from home. Vegetables. <laughs> it's it's been a couple days now. How how's that I have salad? Ten tasting? days of rations in my in my backpack. Ten days of salad. That's impressive. How have you been storing those vegetables? Runel is very regular. Oh yeah, I mean that's on my character sheet. I'm prof- <laughs> I am proficient in pooping. <laughs> you are proficient. You guys look around, and these three nomads seem to be coming out of their own psychedelic experiences, and. Yeah, they look around at you guys and they they grab your arms and say, "We we are brothers now." And this the vegetarian, he is he is brother too, but not in not in crazy worm meat way. He's a brother from another mother, another worm. From I mean, another only, worm. only two of us are from same mother. Carl, he is he is from other he mother mother too. <laughs> I'm like. I, <laughs> Uh, while, while y'all are discussing, I'm, like, like still, like, reeling, because, like, I'm similar to this kind of, hang- I'm, like, familiar with it, but I'm not, like, good at dealing with this kind of, I don't want to say hangover, but, um, this kind of, uh, brain-breaking kind of stuff. So I'm, like, familiar with it, but I'm not good at handling it, so I'm, like, uh, in the corner. Uh, yeah, make a wisdom saving throw. Oh, that's a seven. Wait, wisdom saving throw. Oh, this could be really bad. That's nah, you are having a deep existential crisis. Woohoo! <laughs> I'm thinking of titling this episode Darren almost has and then definitely does has an existential crisis. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> oh, what is even real? Yeah. You are staring at the fire over which this worm meat was roasted. And you are unaware of the passage of time. You just know that there is this thing called light. And it goes by many names. And you're you're even wondering because like sometimes it behaves like a particle and sometimes it behaves like a wave. And you have no idea what those things even are, but it behaves like those sometimes. You're just kind of freaking out here, man. Uh, Runel, Jet, Darren's freaking out. What are you doing? Wait a second. Does this technically mean I'm calling to two different deities now? Or is this still all in service of Lathandar? Who am I even serving right now? Because this word of, is, this, is this a word of Lathandar? Is this a word of another deity? But I can do this now? This doesn't make sense. Jet kind of scoots over and he... little shock. Whoa. That was... That was weird, man. You okay? Huh? What? You okay, bro? Um, I'm a little... I saw some stuff. Made me I'm, feel kind of happy, but confused. I'm not sure. 
not sure. I mean, I'm still a divine soul sorcerer, but like, I, I always thought my gifts were from Lathander. Am I serving someone else now? Am I in service to two or, or more? Or I, still, all of my power comes from Lathander, but I don't know what this new thing is. Like, I can, I can basically set myself on fire now. At least I think I can, but I'm not like. Where did this? Where did this come from? I have no idea where this came from. Hmm. I I not know as I took bite of the stuff and then I saw like a school like wherever Runo goes I like saw it but like it was me and then I was like as if I had went there. What did you What did you see? I was a cleric. I think I was like a monk in old times and I served someone else and I learned so much. I learned mastery of certain magics I learned the customs the, the devotion to this person and I oh it feels like my brain is slipping away but I learned something's still there and it's it's a word stuck in my head and like I stand up uh, and I say the word of radiance I don't know what that word is yet but like I, I like I mumble it under my breath so like because I'm not sure what it's gonna do and uh I'm gonna be careful. It's, I'm stepped back a bit because this is a five-foot range. But like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna like, but I can't decide who within range has to succeed to saving throw. So I'm gonna decide everyone. Um, so I'm gonna decide Jet doesn't get hurt by this. But I cast um, Word of Radiance, and I just um, explode in a in a blinding light, um, and just kind of shine for a second. I'm like. I guess I can do this now. I don't know where it came from, but I can do this now. <laughs> Whoa. And I'm, like, still shining for a second, because it takes, um... How long does it last? It's instantaneous, so it's, like, a, just a big flash of light for a second. Like, I can do this, I guess. <laughs> uh, the hunting party is like, Dude, that is so cool. That is, like, <laughs> man. Like, the... Uh, Carl, he cast Firebolt now. Yeah. And, uh, I, I cast Thorn Whip. Is it part of, I guess he can do the, 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 the kinetic motion of Firebolt, but is it part of Firebolt being a, uh, a, a, a voice activated thing? Is no, is bonus and action. Carl, does Carl is just like, who? <laughs> Carl does it now. <laughs> Wait, isn't your, like, God or whatever, light and stuff like that. He is, but I wasn't serving. Like in this, in this vision, in this dream, I wasn't serving Lathander. I was. I don't know who it was, but it wasn't him. And so I'm not. I'm not sure where I got this. So I don't even know. Like, have I stabbed Lathander in the back in a sense? Because I don't. I don't know. Well, you're shining pretty bright to me, so that's 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 a good thing, huh? I understand that you're going through a attention crisis here, Darren, but I do just want to point out that this is the exact reason why I think it's wise to not to rely on whatever deities you, you think you're relying on for your power. It's much wiser just to learn it on your own. Get get the power from from study and, and not rely on these these fickle beings that are gods to some. 
I can't give up on him yet. He saved my life and offered me redemption. I don't know if he's still there, but I'm not giving up yet. And at that rate, I go quiet. Because I'm just like, just deep in thought, staring in the fire. Now. On this somber note, I think we will end this episode. Uh, and we will pick up <laughs> next <laughs> And we will pick up next week. Guys, thank you for being great players. This has been a great session. Thank you, listeners, for being great listeners. And thanks, as always, to my wife for letting me play Dungeons & Dragons as a hobby. Uh, You guys are all fantastic. Fantastic.